A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsok. 
And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and sadly, uh, you would normally be hearing Jennifer Landa saying, and I'm Jennifer Landa, uh, but she's not saying that. Maybe she's saying that somewhere, uh, but she's not saying it on this recording of Force Center. Uh, Jennifer is doing a really cool, really fun thing that I don't think we're allowed to speak about uh, that <laughs> is a conflict with recording. So uh, we are both sad that Jennifer isn't here and absolutely thrilled for Jennifer that she's not here because what she's doing is really cool. Uh, so Jennifer will be back, right? Ken, you, you explained that perfectly better than I would have. I probably would have slipped and, and, and let let it know what's happening. So thanks for the reminder. Yes, she's doing something really cool, uh, as she always does. She's so talented and gets uh, <laughs> some wonderful opportunities. We're, we're so happy for uh, um, And then we had to change our schedule because Joseph and I are both doing some traveling this weekend, and we're going to talk about that. So uh, the episode's out a little bit late. A conflict arose, but that's okay, and we're so happy. So I know... I, I love our comments, especially on the YouTube side. There's some wonderful, dedicated fans that just always say, anytime they hear Jennifer's voice, they, a cheer goes up in their in their soul and hearts. And it does for us, too. But uh, Jennifer is out today. So you're stuck with these two lugs talking Star Wars news. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, it's the a special lug episode of Four Center <laughs> News. Very excited. Lunk and lug in the morning. Joseph and Ken got your Minnesota mornings covered here. Ooga, right. <laughs> Sports and weather coming up in a bit. Uh, we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have our four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And look, it's uh, we're gonna we got a lot of book news today. And you're going to want to try an audio book out on us. So uh, pay attention to that recommendation. All right, kids, take notes. All right, let's get to the weather. No, let's get to, I don't know why I'm making fun of morning radio where I started my career, but it, it deserves to be poked. Trust me. Uh, we are going to catch up with some Star Wars The Life Adventures. And uh, well, Joseph and I both had a lot of adventures, a lot of plane fl flights, a lot of events, a lot of fun things. So Joseph, uh, I'm sure Star Wars found you where you were. It certainly did. And yeah, a full disclosure, this would probably be a, a longer entry of our discussion of life in Star Wars adventures, because yeah, sometimes we're like, yeah, I found an action figure. Yeah, I read a book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this week we had big life in Star Wars adventures um, and Star Wars did find me. And it was really gratifying and, and fun the ways that that Star Wars found me. Uh, so the the life adventure, the fun thing that I did is I, I went to the HP Lovecraft Film Festival and Cthulhu Con in Portland, Oregon. And you know how we all have like different little pockets of our lives? Uh, the Lovecraft Film Festival is this weird specific pocket of my life. Like back in 2004, uh, some friends wanted to make a film to submit to the, the Lovecraft Film Festival. First time I'd heard of it. They had this vague idea of what if there are these two kind of a cultists who are kind of a comedy duo a little bit of like what if laurel and hardy worshipped uh horrible elder gods uh and my uh old friend uh, timmy ren and i played these characters uh these we submitted several films to the lovecraft film festival and these cultist characters became really popular at the film festival they eventually invited us out we did a couple of uh live shows there is these cultist characters named uh, chuck and dexter uh and it's this weird pocket where like if i go to this theater on this weekend uh, I am quite well known for being a funny cultist. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's it, I haven't been there in years and years. Um, I'm going to be making some more short films in general. So I, I made a short film specifically to submit to the Lovecraft Film Festival. Uh, they accepted it. So I got to have this really fun, really rewarding weekend. It was really great uh, to see my film, do a Q&A afterwards, uh, meet some other filmmakers, 
all of it went really well. Um, right now I might be still submitting that short to some other festivals. I haven't decided yet. Eventually I'll put it on YouTube. Um, but one of the ways that Star Wars found me was that uh, the short I made is is about uh, somebody who is uh, doing unboxing videos on YouTube and Cosmic Horror finds them. <laughs> Sold. So a bunch of people really had questions about, you know, about the nature of, you know, YouTube or content creation. And mm. uh, so that was really, really gratifying. So I had a lot of uh, conversations about like, well, I only do a little YouTube, but I do this podcast, but my friends do YouTube. and So, so the, uh, there's all that. Uh, that was really fun and really exciting and, and gratifying. Uh, we did a surprise bit as these cultist characters, uh, Chuck and Dexter, we weren't announced because my friend Tim was there as well. Um, and we did a, a short bit um, where we took the the host's microphones away from them uh, during an introduction of the the cult horror film Reanimator. And uh, the star of that film, Jeffrey Combs, was uh, a guest. So basically, we were the opening act for Jeffrey Combs. And, you know, when, when you meet, you know, cool people that you like, you, you never know. Sometimes they're, you know, very just professional <laughs> and sometimes yeah. really kind and complimentary. So, like, we had some jokes uh you know not at his expense but just you know acknowledging that he was there and you mm. never know how people are going to feel about that so we got off stage and uh jeffrey combs uh amazing for a lot of his his cult films but also like he play he's played like eight thousand characters on star trek he's just amazing mm-hmm. and very distinctive so got off stage and this very familiar voice was i, I just heard go well what was that how am I supposed to follow that? That was very, that was weird, but that was very funny. So it was, it was really nice to get the, the very nice compliment uh, from yeah. Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like, that was the reason I was there. That was all of the, the fun and rewarding adventures. Uh, but then I, in my heart, it was almost Star Wars all the time, Ken. Um, mm. cause I, I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Um, when I was uh, quite young, we lived in Portland, Oregon, where this convention happens, this film festival happens, uh, the summer of 1980. So in some ways, Portland is always, to me, the city of Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. It's where I got uh, the Yoda action figure that is still on my desk as I, as I podcast here. Um, and this time when I was visiting Portland, I don't know why, I was just really connected to that time and, and those feelings. And I had mm. this, like, I'm going to... I'm going to buy an action, a Star Wars action figure because this is really where my love of Star Wars action figures, you know, took deep hold and roots. And the first thing I did when I got there, I took the train to my hotel. There was a, a GameStop store. I walked in and there was a phenomenal Ahsoka action figure on discount. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to have my, I went into uh, Portland and bought an action figure and it was the very first thing I did. Uh, nice. So it was this really rewarding full circle uh, Star Wars moment. That's great. That's great. It also reminds me that you spent, you were in Portland uh, during Mount St. Helens, which is one of those fascinating little tidbits of your life. I love it. It's so great. Yeah. Cause we, we could see, um, we could see a corner of Mount St. Helens from like our, our kitchen. Wow. And then when it blew up, we couldn't anymore. And (laughs) I was talking to my dad about this and, and kind of getting some of his more adult memories, you know, because the, there was ash everywhere and we had to, you know, wear masks. And there was the, on the news reports about the the the, the man who lived on Mount St. Helens mm-hmm. and they were trying to evacuate him and he wouldn't. And I was talking to my dad and it's like, 
you know, this is really good for me to remember why I had such a hard time separating fantasy from reality, because at the same time, my dad was like, okay, dinosaurs aren't real, but yes, there is a volcano just a few miles from us and it blew up and <laughs> lava is everywhere and so is ash, but dinosaurs aren't real. You know, like it, it was a, a weird thing to differentiate as a kid. Sorry, I side, I probably sidetracked you. I just, I always forget that about you and I love it. It's, it's a great detail. Yeah. Um, I have one other thing I specifically mm -hmm. wanted to share because it, it so relates to our, our first four center journey. Uh, I had yeah. lots of talks with friends new and old about what they did like in Star Wars, what they what they didn't. That's always good to get a, a little refresher about just hearing people's opinions. All the conversations were were uh, really friendly and respectful, even when people disagreed and all that. Uh, mm -hmm. But the founder of this film festival, uh great guy named Andrew Migliori, uh, spent a lot of time with him. And he told me this great story. He was a little older than us when A New Hope came out. I think you said he was like like 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. uh, he saw a commercial for Star Wars and th there's Luke and Leia swinging over the chasm in the Death Star. And then it cut to a shot of Vader uh, looking. Um, and the head motion follows the swing, is what he explained to me. <laughs> so he saw this commercial and he thought it was one scene. And he thought, oh, cool. In this movie, this guy and this girl are going to swing over a giant 90-foot robot. <laughs> Just he thought they were swinging over Vader's giant head. And he went into this film going, I'm excited to see that 90-foot robot. And then it was like, film was pretty good, but I really wanted a 90-foot robot. <laughs> no robot. No robot. <laughs> no robot. And I thought it was so funny because we talked so much about how our expectations shape our reaction and to have this like just totally understandable, uh, you know, misreading of the way this thing was cut. And I, I'm here for a robot and I got robbed. <laughs> I got robbed. Uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a reminder that that trick is still employed. Even like uh, rings of power going into the season, they had a great trailer where everyone's looking up at a comet and it's like no one was looking at it. <laughs> well, one or two were, but like you know. And it's the this is why I love you talk about our four center journey. This is why I love the looking at the themes even in trailers and not going great. Everyone's going to stare up at this comet, right? And the way things are are cut together to make it sound like one character is talking to another. And I've gotten so used to that now. Of like that line of dialogue might not be in the movie. That might just be for the trailer. Or that that person might be talking to like you know uh, their meal as they finish it, not. <laughs> Yeah. Talking to another character. Who knows? So yeah. always great to be aware of your baggage, uh, particularly when you need a 90 foot robot to be in the film or it's going to disappoint you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, uh, everyone, for and, and Ken in particular, for letting me go on a little bit. It was a really, um, a really great weekend uh, with just lots of layers of emotion and, and Star Wars was a huge part of it. So. Uh, yeah. Thanks for letting me share. And I am very excited to hear about your weekend because it was, it was really fun uh, to be on adventures on opposite yeah. sides of the country. And uh, we even got some nice tweets being like, you guys are both somewhere. Are you in the same place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to thank also our, our four center listeners for allowing us to kind of uh, squeeze an and report in based on uh, my flight schedules. And uh, I saw someone tweet like, oh, only an hour and four minutes. Like that was all on me. I had to get on out of here. Uh, we'll dive in deeper. But um, yeah, I was in uh, New York City. Now, New York Comic Con was going on there, but I, I didn't hit the con. Uh, it's a good con. I haven't been there in a couple of years, but uh, uh, it's bigger than San Diego, but feels more spread out because it's in one corner of the city up there in Javits. So we never touched that, never saw that. It was down there or out there to, to do comedy with Mark Ellis at the New York Comedy Club in the East Village. It's a great club. I love performing there. We do that show uh, roughly every year. 
Um, but it was, uh, yeah, fun. And, and, you know, you, you, I didn't have as much time to, to roam around the city as I like to, uh, I finally did get up to Central Park. All my times in New York, I've never taken the time to go to Central Park. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Big Beatles fan and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we, you get off on the train, the C train at the 72nd, uh, street to stop and it's right there at the Dakota. Uh, where Lennon, John Lennon was uh, you know, murdered, and then you go across there to Strawberry Fields, and yeah, you kind of feel as a, as a longtime Beatle fan that that's uh, you kind of feel some energy and feel uh, feel some emotions. That was great, uh, but then wandering the city in the Tribeca area, um, Grace and I were were uh, wandering. I went to the Ghostbusters firehouse, which I I don't have an emotional <laughs> connection to, like other people do. I've, I've I've only saw Ghostbusters late in life, as is uh, was always discussed over in the Schmo's No World. Uh, but walking around. We passed a uh, store, uh, I wrote it, it's uh, Rag and Bone, which the cool kids will say is a high-end jeans company. Um, I get my <laughs> jeans at Target, so I don't know. But, I mean, we're talking, you know, high-end New York kind of fashion store, right? In the window, <laughs> excuse me, in the window, full-sized, first-order Stormtrooper. What? In yeah. jeans? Not in jeans, no, just in a glass case. Full size and wasn't, oh, the shop wasn't open. I would have gone in and I don't know if there's a plaque or anything explaining what happened. Did John Boyega buy jeans here? I don't know. And it just, and and Grace was laughing. She's like, what does Rag and Bone have a stormtrooper in there? And it was just in the, and it wasn't facing out of the window. Like it was just in the shop, but right behind the front window there. And it was just one of the most bizarre, like Star Wars is truly everywhere moments where, Oh, there it is. You want some fancy jeans or do you want to look at a stormtrooper? It's right there for you. Were you at all tempted to go in and go like, I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm just very curious. Why is there a stormtrooper in your window? I wanted to. It was closed at the time. We were, we were trying mm. to get uh, the morning coffee, but, uh, and then I couldn't, you know, didn't, didn't have time to go back, but I thought about it. I just wanted to wander in be like, hi, I need some $400 jeans. Actually, I'm kidding. I just need to stare at your stormtrooper costume. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the comedy shows were great. Uh, thanks to uh, anyone who came out. Uh, it was a four cent listener. Got to say hi to a few folks there. Uh, but it was nice uh, to, it was the first time I performed at the New York Comedy Club there without it being a schmodown heavy crowd. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. you're making, you're making real folks laugh. Not that the schmodown fans aren't, but they're there for you. This crowd was there for comedy. And so it's a little bit more of a challenge. And so it was a lot, a lot of fun to try to connect with people who maybe aren't familiar with me as much. And so I had that. Um, and the club has a photographer, great guy named Sam and, uh, me and, uh, Mark, Mark Ellis, the headliner, also a great guy, Kyle Lewis. He's always on the show. We're all nerds and we all have some nerd jokes, some star Wars jokes. I wear a rebel's hat. I wore my Brian Ward Mothma shirt, um, (laughs) on stage, though. A lot of people thought it said Mothra, which I understand, but it's Mothma. And then the people who got it were really, they came to me afterwards like, Oh my God, a Mothma shirt. I love that. Nice. And it's the Metallica logo, right? Yes, yes, it is. I said, go to Brian Ward on Z-Pop. Um, So, Brian, I hope you got $2 more coming your way. Um, <laughs> but uh, afterwards, I'm outside. We're taking some photos with the club photographer. And he like, kind of leans into me. And he's like, man, so you uh, you, you like Star Wars? You, you wrote a book about Star Wars? And I, you, I said, yeah, yeah, I got a Star Wars podcast, Force Center, all that kind of, you know, you go through kind of the, this is what mm-hmm. I do. Thing. And he just leans in and goes, man, hey, hey, what do you think about Andor? And I kind of give my quick answer, which is always cautious, right? You don't know. Yep. What you want to do? Like, uh, and he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. He kind of stops and he looks and he leans in even closer. And he's like, I just don't have anyone to talk about this stuff with. I I can't just say I want to talk about Star Wars with people. And, you know, you and I have experienced that before. I think Jennifer's experienced that before. I think four center listeners have experienced that before where you, you, you get outside the bubble 
And there's some people who pick up on the fact that, oh, you like Star Wars. And regardless of what they think about it, it's just the, the, that sigh of relief. We're like, oh, I can talk about it. And I forget in 2022, which is pop culture is, is, uh, is at the top of the charts, man. It, it, I take for granted, I guess. It was just kind of fun. We had a quick little conversation about it. Didn't have time to go in too deep. He's loving Andor, loving a lot of the things that, that come, uh, come his way. But it was just fun to have someone be like, oh, an oasis of Star Wars talk. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, it's so great to um, to get out of the bubble and talk to people who have different interest levels or different relationship with Star Wars, you know, or maybe not as, as all in as we are or some of our listeners. And then also it's nice to be in a completely different space and, and find somebody who is in the bubble, right? Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. is, is, is deep and like, do you think Wolfie Lauren's going to show up? And like, <laughs> well, it's a reminder too of, you know, again, we are in a very different age. I mean, absolutely is a different age where, where all this stuff is, uh, is, very easy to uh, watch, talk about, discuss, get to, but you know, it's a, it's a reminder too. It reminds me of the old days. It's not as bad, but, but you know, it's, it's the old days where you would be like, Hey, is that a, is that a star Wars t-shirt? Are we the same? <laughs> is this, is this, is this, can we talk about it? And, and just to see that it's still out there. And, and I love to help. Uh, I love to be that person for someone, you know, of, uh, Hey, I see your hat or, or, Hey, you said that joke on stage. Um, and it's, um, you know, a reminder of uh, it still still talk about it, still be proud about it because you never know who's going to uh, take inspiration from you just going, yeah, nerd stuff. I like it. Yeah, it's fun to talk about. Yeah, the, yeah. just the fun to talk about. That's so great of like yeah. and if you can keep it, uh, keep it fun. Right. Even if you maybe disagree on, on what parts of you, you like, as long as it's yeah. just like that fun back and forth, that that is yeah. just golden. So that was uh, that was kind of the highlight. A lot of fun back in. Still kind of tired. I know you're kind of tired. So. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, we are. So on that note, uh, let's get to some Star Wars news for those that are just tuning in for the news. Here we go. It's some news. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's all it's book news. It's it's book news, and I don't mean to sound disappointed in that. I'm glad we have new stuff. But uh, I was. This is all book stuff here, which makes sense because New York Comic Con is generally, correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, it's kind of where the Star Wars publishing goes to play. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly announcements other places, but it feels like often New York Comic Con has has something big. Yeah, and it could be, you know, Del Rey's uh, kind of, I think that's one of their big uh, base locations out there in New York, so that makes a lot of sense. So New York Comic Con brought us a lot of book news, as I said, both in the High Republic and the larger saga. Here is the publishing panel. There's the publishing panel and the High Republic-specific panel. These reveals were on the publishing panel. Delilah S. Dawson has a book coming out called Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade. It's centered around an inquisitor named Iscat or Iscat. Uh, it will follow uh, who, uh, who, who survived um, the Order 66 and she joins the inquisitors to find the truth about her past. So that's mm. kind of all I was uh, pulling from that. There, if there's other information, I didn't look because I kind of don't want to know until the book comes <laughs> out. But nice cover reveal of this. Joseph, thoughts on this book, that title. And what do we hope to learn about the inquisitors? Yeah, this was a really, really great announcement for me. I was really excited about this. It's been a little while since we've got an announcement of uh, what is coming uh, from Del Rey that isn't the High Republic, right? We got some mm -hmm. big reveals, and then some of those exciting books ha have come to pass, right? Um, yeah. Brotherhood and, and Shadow of the Sith. Uh, so I was kind of waiting for for what what's next? What What is the non-High Republic kind of era and characters they're exploring and why? Because uh, that, that range kind of goes all over the timeline. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thrilled for this, for the actual book, which I want to want to talk about. But you and I have been reading these books and covering them for so long. I think there's also like an excitement for specific authors, right? Like, yeah. um, I'm super excited for this book, but I'm also just excited for Delilah S. Dawson to be doing some more Star Wars. Uh, yes. She wrote Phasma, which is a really different book we talk about. She, she wrote Black Spire, which is a little bit of a follow-up to uh, some of the characters in Phasma. And also just like one of those books that could, that, that people could be really have blinders on about and say, mm-hmm. It's just an ad for uh, Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney World, right? But it is so much more. Um, and I think the the reason that I'm excited for for the return of Delilah Dawson is she always kind of brings a little bit something different. Uh, but she's also, this is a weird thing to be really excited for, but uh, as an author, she is great at pain. <laughs> uh, both physical and emotional. She is great at getting you invested because you deeply feel the the actual stakes the the agony both physical and emotional that characters are going through on their journey right um and that's such a great pairing with uh somebody who used to be a jedi and has now gone through the torture to become an inquisitor and is now wrestling with what it means to be in the grip of of the dark side that's all Mm -hmm. about pain right yeah 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 so the first thing I'm excited about is, is, is Delilah S. Dawson and, and the take that she might have on this. Uh, I got some other thoughts about the kind of inquisitor part of your question, but uh, yeah. but I want to I want to pause and see if you have any Delilah S. Dawson thoughts. Well, I appreciate that pause, sir. Yes, I have many thoughts. <laughs> uh, uh, Delilah S. Dawson won me over in a big way with that Phasma novel. I, as I've said before, uh, years ago. About halfway through, I thought this might be the first Star Wars book I, I, I put down. Not because it was bad, but I was just like, I don't know what I'm reading. It's it's it, it, it's something else. It's uh, it wasn't what I was expecting. And I just you know out of ah, we got to review it for the podcast. Something clicked in, and I just got it. And I love that book, and love what she did with that character. Talk about you know pain and and trauma and suffering, and a character that is. Uh, coded as a villain definitely but also you learn a little bit more and you start to understand and it doesn't mean they're still not a villain just means you have a bigger picture of who they are and their story i just loved it and then you write the batu book talk about this with my pal uh, and our, our friend uh, you know billy patterson billy business over there at fandom uh, uh, screen junkies he loves that batu book the, the galaxy's edge book same as me and 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 you're right it, it could have been um so bad <laughs> it just could have been bad mm-hmm we got a book about Galaxy's Edge, Batu. We've we've seen this before. You and I just Princess and the Scoundrel could have been bad. Oh, let's all take the house on. I totally get the cynicism. But Delilah S. Dawson comes in and just turns that book into something so much more. And it's such a reward for people that uh that that you know push past it and tune and tuned into the book, so to speak. So I love it. So yeah, on that level, I do just want to celebrate. Um, this is fantastic. It was kind of an out of left field, like, oh wow, we got this. It makes a little sense following. Uh, the existence uh, of, of Riva now in the Star mm-hmm. Wars canon. Um, not that I think it's similar, but just kind of like, all right, yeah, let's dive into the Inquisitor stuff. So yeah, I'll start there too, and I'll pass the baton back to you. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just excited to get uh, uh, another book from her because uh, I think I'll follow Delilah S. Dawson into the Star Wars battles no matter what she uh, is asked or wants to take on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think part of what's so powerful about um, Black Spire is it's this uh, little picture of why why do you choose to fight, right? Because the First Order mm-hmm. is coming and starting to put the boot down 
on Batu. Vimeradi is desperately trying to build a resistance presence with in kind of a dark time with very, mm-hmm. very little hope, very little resources. And it is really that kind of intimate story of who stands up against tyranny and why and how and what do you sacrifice for it? It's it's a little uh, this little uh, view into kind of the heart of, of that side of Star Wars of when do you stand up and why? Uh, mm-hmm. So if, if anybody hasn't checked it out, I highly recommend it. Um, but I think um, I'm still hoping for a Phasma follow up. Uh, I yeah. do want to say that. Because uh, I, I, this is a pulp uh, universe, and I do not think Phasma died from falling near some flames. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not in Star Wars. Uh, so I'd be, still be happy for a Phasma follow-up. But getting back to this actual book that we're talking about, yeah, I'm really intrigued by the the journey of the Inquisitors from being this kind of idea that gets introduced in Rebels. And now we've gotten to really get into the heart of this idea that they're fallen Jedi. Mm-hmm tortured into serving the dark side put in this unwinnable rat race to you know rise up the ranks and we've seen this in video game form and really got to experience the the pain of of uh trillis and dury uh you know in jedi fallen order right and then we got to experience it in television format with a different character of reva in the in the yeah. managing to it looks like at least for now at the end of kenobi escape it right so there's a part of me, it's like, okay, we we do know elements of this story, but to get to experience it in a novel form, in the book format that can really live inside the heart and the mind of the soul of mm. this of the tortured person and make you feel it, I'm very excited to get that Inquisitor story there. And then I, the biggest thing to me that's exciting about this, Ken, is that the one kernel of what is this about that we get is fascinating of saying that uh, this character... Uh, is cat uh, joins the inquisitors to find the truth about her past uh, somewhere else that might sound generic, but in this specific context, um, that is something that a broken Jedi has a potential to be very angry about, right? Of mm-hmm. where did I come from? Who allowed the Jedi to take me? Uh, yeah. Do I agree that the Jedi should have taken me? Do I agree that the Jedi should take any children they don't do it without the parents permission and they always let the the children decide as they grow up they give them an off-ramp anytime they want to step away from the jedi life right Mm -hmm. but you can see somebody who has gone through torture gone through hell needs their anger in order to function and survive to zero in on where can i put this fury everything Mm -hmm. that's happened to me is the jedi's fault because they took me and they didn't have any right to take me i don't know anything about where i'm from and I'm going to use this opportunity to find out where I'm from. Now I'm I'm speculating that could maybe not be the story, but that's what I hear when I when I hear a broken Jedi who is now an Inquisitor wants to find the truth about her past. That it's about where was she taken from and who had the right to do that. Yeah, and and again, good to, to Lila S. Dawson's writing is just trust her to approach that. I don't want to say the right way, but I kind of mean the right way. <laughs> approach it in a little bit of justice for the Jedi, a little bit of pushing back on the Jedi to find out maybe things about them. And, 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 and I'm excited about that possibility. And like you said, because it's novel form, this will be to me, the most time we've really spent with the inquisitors. Um, yeah. And we've spent a lot of time with them, um, but to have them evolve from the grand inquisitor, when they kind of showed up with, in rebels, I, I don't know if I was a huge fan of it. Um, I got why you couldn't have Vader in every episode. You need a, a substitute villain, so to speak, which, which sounds, uh, you know, you're like you're slagging on it a little bit more than I mean. 
from there, it's grown. And you're right, Fallen Order had some great stuff. Uh, I've, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of the character of, of Reva and what she represents and what she could mean. Um, but the inner workings and how it works and the rank system and who they are and how they get their names and why does why do we know Reva's name and maybe now Iscat's name from a distance we don't know yet in the story? Why don't we aren't we familiar with the other ones as much? I'm just I want to know how it works and. We love the why here, but this is a big how that I'm excited mm. to find out, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think, yeah, they, they start out in Rebels having this great, like, yeah, we, we can't make uh, Vader look like a, a tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they always get away from him, right? And they do such yeah. a great job in that of Rebels of making him so scary. Uh, but then as his idea really develops, the Inquisitors become this fascinating, rich uh, story uh, uh, mine because mm-hmm. in order to be tortured into becoming inquisitors, uh, they need a, a defining wound to motivate them. And yeah. that becomes fascinating of what wound is motivating each of these characters and how do they uh, deal with it? How do they address it? And that, yeah, and that's, you're right. The, the specific, uh, what's, what's your wound? Maybe that's, is that, a, is that a hashtag kids? Is that a, um, maybe that's uh, what the inquisitors ask each other. Hey, what's your wound? Um, <laughs> and that's where it could be. Cause it's somewhat, similar i don't want to say similar to reva but her tail her tail is, is her wound and that's i guess that's the point i'm trying to make this could be really fascinating this is what could set it apart and it could be a lot of what I, I i'm intrigued by what you're, you're pitching here of uh going back to why at two was i taken from my village or my city or my planet like why and what happened and 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 i don't necessarily think this is being pitched as a redemption story right Mm-mm. um could be but um, I don't know that the rise of the red blade sounds like it's going to be red through and through. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, no, he's super excited for this one. Um, I, I think I would have been excited for if it was just like Delilah Dawson writes mystery of Star Wars. I would have been excited. Mm-hmm. But this Inquisitor idea it, with that specific hook is really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll uh, dive into that one when it comes on out there. I forgot to write down the release date, but I imagine 2023 at some point. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, we will have plenty to read before then, uh, whenever the actual date is. And I'll, I'll scroll here and see. Uh, it, yeah. it's a, it just says uh, arrives in 2023. So you nailed it, Ken. Oh, phew, nailed that one, nailed that one. Well, in February of 2023, a Marvel miniseries, usually it means about five issues, will be arriving, written by Justina Ireland, and it will be about Sena Staros. This is kind of all I have on this one as well. Um, I, I'll just start here, Joseph. This is long overdue, but also things happen like wizards. They arrive when they want to. Justina Ireland writing this character, uh, Sana or Sana, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, Sana Staros is just a perfect mix for me. I really love Justina Ireland's work in the High Republic. That's how I got to know her more and more. She's done some great comic book work. And this is a character, Sana Staros, once for a brief moment known as Sana Solo, and how that just just destroyed Star Wars discourse for about a month <laughs> back in uh, 2014 or early 2015, if memory serves. This is uh, long overdue. I'm excited about this series. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have not read all of uh, Sana Sana's adventures. Mm-hmm. I, I've read a lot of her stuff in the earlier run of Star Wars Marvel mm-hmm. comics. Um, I, I really felt like I got to know the character even more when we uh, listened to and discussed the Dr. Afra audio adventure yes. uh, that f- focuses a little bit more on, on her younger life and her connection 
to Afra. Uh, so I really like the character. I, I think some of the stuff I really loved about her appearances of kind of her, her a little bit of her philosophical battles with with Leia about the nature of rebellion and what they're all trying to accomplish and all that. Um, but uh, I mean, I think honestly, for me right now, because of the stories I've read, uh, some of my knowledge of, of Sana is her relationship with Han and Afra and Leia, you know, mm-hmm. and the rebellion and and all these things. So I'm really interested to have her have a solo story that's just, you know, really about her and who she is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We've we've learned a lot about her through her relationships with other folks, including a great, I think there's a one issue um, in the Marvel mainline with her and Lando running each other. Mm-hmm. It was really great. Uh, but to have her centered and have, and have um, not that we don't get things from her perspective. She's very um, sure of who she is. She knows who she is, I think. She's always been a strong character in that re- regard. So you get to know who she is. But I, to spend, even in a comic, to spend five issues inside of her head from her point of view and see all the other characters interacting with her versus her interacting with them. That's big value in this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm very excited for this one. And and it is honestly nice for me sometimes when it is uh, just the single shot, uh, mm-hmm. not single shot, uh, uh, the limited series. So I can wait yeah. until the five issues come out and read it. Um, I, I had so many Star Wars adventures to talk about at the beginning of the podcast. I forgot to say that on the plane to Portland, I finally read just the five issue mainline thing of War of the Bounty Hunters. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. And I'd been holding off because of all of the tie-ins. And I thought I'd have to read everything else to understand it and i didn't <laughs> uh it's a i could see obviously the off ramps to where you're going to get other people's yeah. stories and more details but i really love just reading that five issue uh adventure i almost wonder if i would have enjoyed that a little bit more if i just read the main war the, <laughs> the off ramps confused me and overwhelmed me at times so. it, uh, totally understandable so yeah, yeah this just being uh most likely five issues of sana staros i'm all in mm-hmm. All in indeed, uh, like I said, comes out in February 2023. Uh, other little uh, bits of information here. There's an upcoming in-universe guide to the High Republic called Star Wars The High Republic Chronicles of the Jedi by Cole Horton with character studies by Ario Anindito. Excuse me. Um, and this looks like a great resource for those fans of the High Republic, of which I am and you are as well, uh, who occasionally can get a little overwhelmed by the entire era with the amount of books and comics and audiobooks, timelines. Uh, now we're f- jumping back 150 years in this phase. I admit sometimes I love, I love the High Republic. I love certain characters. I love the events. I love the books. I just sometimes uh, want a checklist. And this seems to be like more than a checklist, a great resource. Uh, your thoughts on this book and in-universe guides in general. Uh, this book is an answer to deep desires that I think uh, I've expressed <laughs> yes on the podcast yeah i'm really really happy for that there are uh, you know great resources out there you know from digging through uh, wikipedia to obviously our friends at star wars explained have done some uh, great mm-hmm. uh, summaries of uh, high republic stuff um and i feel like i'm really happy that they are officially publishing what they want us to know what they want to remind us of right and mm-hmm. i'm sure the book will be done in, in an artful way that it makes it a uh, very entertaining and 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 kind of I'm sure it has a little bit of an arc in and of itself, but the idea that it's just literally a reference book, like just like, mm-hmm. Hey, when it's time to get dive back to the high Republic, I can flip through this <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and be reminded. That's great. Because to me, it, 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 it makes the high Republic complete because it's offering the best of both worlds. When, mm-hmm. 
when you and I have been sort of deep in the High Republic and, and books are coming out close to one another and we're reading them and, and I was getting caught up in the comics, I would have these really thrilling moments where I realize like, oh, this character is going off to do this or this character mm-hmm. uh, found this thread that this that's going to pay off in this book. And you get that fun high of being like, I'm really immersed in something and what is like casual mention to me has this greater meaning. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, that's the joy of this kind of interconnected storytelling. Uh, but there's just so much storytelling in life and so much life in life that I put the high Republic down for a month. And I, it's just, it's like, I, I learned, like, I, I forgot like how to eat, you know, I forgot like yeah. <laughs> it, it goes so fast. There's some characters in some moments I love and remember, but I need the reminder, you know? So yeah. this is the best of both worlds. You can dive all the way in and have those discoveries. And then for me, I can have these reminders when I need them in this book. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, and I like what you said of of just kind of admitting that and, and, and being okay with that, right? Like, I think we're, you know, especially in Star Wars where trivia, knowledge, and there's a lot of gatekeeping and a lot of people face uh, being on the outside of those gates and being put there by other people. But sometimes we can put ourselves there if you just feel like, I, I don't, I, I can't admit that I don't know where Elzar Man is right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that's uh, something we uh, always want to fight against. And these kind of books are fun. They're great coffee table books. But yeah, this is one that I might need to pull down off the shelf before I start a new book. Uh, because the it, it's so wonderful. The High Republic era just goes so many places and so many stories. And they never, you never, I never feel the loss. You're right. You can get like, oh, that probably I haven't got to that comic yet, but I get what's happened and why it's connecting to this main novel. They they know how they know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes it makes it kind of fun. And 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 anyone anyone out there listening, just because you don't know all the trivia answers, doesn't mean you can't just sit back and enjoy it. And can't ask for help in a book like this. Let me yeah. let me find out where Buriaga was before that event. Yeah, and one of my personal favorite characters in the High Republic is Wreath Silas, who loves books, so I'm just happy for Wreath. You can live life life like Reef. That's a good thing. Like <laughs> exactly. Like Reef, like Wreath. Um, <laughs> see, I need to look at his name again. Um, all right, there we go. Some other announcements before we take a quick break. Uh, Star Wars The High Republic, the lightsaber collection. You and I both love that lightsaber collection book that came out that had, what, Stellan's lightsaber, I think. Now we got mm-hmm. an entire book on uh, lightsabers from the Star Wars High Republic era. we got Star Wars 100 Objects by Kristen, uh, Kristen Baver. And more info on uh, Star Wars Timelines. It's coming in February 2023. Another book, speaking of resources and timelines and where all things fall, another big book I'm looking forward to there. Anything jump out to you in those final uh, news notes, Joseph? Oh, those all three sound great to me. The Star Wars, the High Republic, the lightsaber collection. That's just a, that's a flip through and look at the pretty pictures, read the paragraphs mm-hmm. book. And I can't uh, wait to see your uh, Vernestra Rose uh, lightsaber that she can also change into a whip and look at all the details there. Um, I'm yeah. saying the things I remember about High Republic. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no I love that. Yeah. That, just love the, uh, going to see all that on a, on, on a nice pretty picture book, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kristen Baver is, is uh, always does uh, great work. I, I think she's such a great person to write a book like this. The sample page they had of her 100 objects was uh, Yoda's Blissel, the weird little wooden flute uh, that he wears around his mm-hmm. neck. And that's such a perfect sample. I think Kristen Baver has such great understanding of at this point, if you're going to do a book like 100 objects, what are some things that are beloved, but maybe not talked about or discussed as much? Um 
So I'm excited for that. And when I saw that, I was like, I can't wait to do the ranked episode about our top five favorite hundred objects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be uh, actually, that's a, that's a great call. I yeah. Love that stuff. Uh, and then, and then finally, timelines is huge, right? This is, yes. um, I, I think that one will might physically be next to me while while we record, right? Because um, I, I think it's going to be great to be able to cross reference stories, and, and I think with the timeline of a lot of, in particular, all these um, stories that are happening during the uh, age of rebellion, uh, mm-hmm. the age of darkness, into uh, rebellion between. Kenobi and the time jumps in solo and exactly when did rebels start and exactly when is this in relation to how, how long before the beginning of rebels is and, or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I still want plenty of fluidity. It is still a, you know, uh, a mythic story, you know, and I don't want it to be locked down of like on this exact minute, these two things absolutely happen at the exact same time, right. but it doesn't look like it's going to be that that's not the spirit of it. Right. But to be able to just quickly flip through a book and go like, Oh Yeah. When Jin Ursa was this old, this is how old Han Solo was. Yeah. <laughs> Without yes. trying to quickly do math on a podcast, which is the last thing on the face of the earth I should be doing. Yeah, I agree with that. No, yeah, sometimes you get those questions, whether you know, be in Twitter or in real life. Like, hey, when, when is it happening? I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know, all at the same time. Uh, they're still in the fruit on uh, Lothal while uh, you know Andor's going through this. But now we can know. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited yeah, for that. Yeah, and uh, you know it's funny on the on the hundred objects one too. Yeah, that, that's a great sample that that Yoda uh, item there because that's one that like you and I have grown up with our entire lives, and I think I've probably thought about it but never had the answers, and now I'm going to get it, and there's immediate value in that for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I saw it in text somewhere of like somebody writing something about Yoda's blissle, and I was like, what kind of filth is this? Like, oh wow, it's his flute. Cool, you know uh good old blistle talk so that's gonna be coming our way a uh, lot of information love it uh you know star wars books whether it be the novels or resources books a big part of our uh love of star wars so it's always great to know more are on the way we're gonna take a quick break more book news on the way but before we do that we're going to recommend an audio book to you uh joseph what's on our uh recommend recommendation list today we are still recommending Padawan by Kirsten White because even as we get excited about more books coming, we're trying to catch up with the books that exist. Uh, this is a young Obi-Wan adventure that came out a while back and we're still hoping to find time to uh, get to read it and discuss it. Uh, but you can, of course, listen to it for free. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break on the other side. Let's look at some High Republic-specific book news. Stick around for more Force Center. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Force Center. We are here looking at Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. As I said, at New York Comic Con, there was more publishing news. The High Republic panel brought some, what I'm calling minor news, and I don't mean to make that sound negative. I just feel we already got some big announcements. We know what's coming, but now we got some clarifications from some fun stuff. Uh, nonetheless, for folks to get excited uh, about the next phase, what's there? So uh, we got a first look at the cover of Lydia Kang's Cataclysm novel featuring the son of the Chancellor, Axel Greylark, one of the great Star Wars names, I'll say, <laughs> holding a blaster uh, and a, uh, excuse me, and a lightsaber. I wrote in my notes to put blaster and a rifle. That's not right. It's a blaster <laughs> and a lightsaber. Don't write your news notes when you just got off a plane. Uh, the book arrives in April 2023. Three. And Joseph, I'm just going to go through some of these news that we can p- pick at what we want here, okay? Sounds good. 
Also coming in April 2023 is a Tessa Gritton middle grade reader quest for Planet X. There's a pulpy title. And we now know that the story will find the characters going to Batu. That pops up uh, every now and then. Kevin Scott's YA novel Path of Vengeance arrives in May 2023. And the cover has Marta Rowe. Uh, you know, might know her and uh, being related there to Marky on Rowe. Uh, with Jedi in tow and possibly the nameless all around them, or they're walking towards the nameless, or it's the shadows of the nameless. The nameless are those uh, creatures that we don't know a ton about that can cause a lot of problems, you know, like death for Jedi. Um, and for the first time ever, all the Republic High Republic authors are coming together for an anthology of young adult tales uh, connecting to every era of the High Republic. This arrives in July 2023. So, Joseph, that and anything else that I might have missed, what jumps out to you in this bevy of High Republic news and reveals? Uh, there is a, a couple things that I'm that I'm very excited uh, about, uh, but the big one for me is uh, Path of Vengeance by Kevin Scott. I'm so excited for this and the cover reveal. Um, Kevin Scott's one of my favorite uh, Star Wars writers in general and, and of High Republic in particular. So at, at first I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he was writing – uh, the YA book, and I'm really excited to see uh, his take on it because the High Republic does a really good job of, even though the, the story is all connected, and you could kind of even not uh, even pay attention to the the age designation if you didn't want to because it's all connected. Um, but the the YA novels, I think in particular, uh, are really making an effort to still be YA novels, right? Which means you're mm -hmm. dealing with younger characters coming of age story. So at first I was like, yeah, I'm just really excited to see Kevin Scott really, really doing the, the YA book. Um, but then I looked at the cover and this is uh, where, where my adventures of this week become full circle because this is some straight up Lovecraftian Cthulhu business happening <laughs> on this cover. Uh, Kevin Scott uh, is, is a lover of pulp is a lover of uh, horror has, you know, we talked mm -hmm. a lot. He's the one who brought in the Drenger cause he was like the, yeah, let's, let's bring in these um, yeah. darker pulpier horror, cosmic horror type of uh, ideas into this great uh, high Republic storytelling and the nameless, e even there is that, that that's a Lovecraft name of uh, the yeah. nameless um, that they, the, this idea of these sort of creatures that force you to see your reality in an entirely different and often nihilistic way that is mm -hmm. straight up cosmic horror, straight up Lovecraftian. And then this cover can, uh, this cover is, is uh, very closely related to um, the uh, famous Lovecraft novel at the mountains of madness, where there's an mm. exploration in Antarctica and, horrors are discovered so the fact that this book is you know obviously it's the the row and the jedi and mm -hmm. you know the path of vengeance and what is the history behind them the you know of uh, of the row family and the jedi there's been all these suggestions of uh what happened is this part of what happened so there's that level of high republic excitement but then this image is just uh, the the uh, currently to me unknown jedi martyr row about to enter a place where they should probably not go and encounter things that they probably should not encounter. On the floor is a sigil, some ruins that absolutely look like something that are etched into yeah. the stone to keep these horrific monsters at bay. And our characters are about to cross that which they should not cross. I'm <laughs> so excited. This is this is the entire weekend I just had at the Cthulhu Con uh, coming into Star Wars. And I know that 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 is very deeply 
on purpose uh, from Kevin Scott because he brings in all these uh, other influences. So very excited. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love this already on my own, but if feeding off your excitement, uh, like I'm the nameless, um, uh, is, uh, <laughs> is awesome there. No, I, I've, man, uh, yeah, this is, um, I'm looking at the photo right now and, uh, there's even more meaning now hearing your excitement for there. And I'm with you too. I think Kevin Scott is a fantastic Star Wars storyteller. And this is one of the reasons I really do love the High Republic era, it can do things like this. And not that other things can't in Star Wars. We, we think there's some good gothic horror and Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. Exegol, all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is very direct. You're right. Um, uh, yeah, we, we're going to roll some dice uh, while we play here uh, on this one. <laughs> some sanity is going to be lost. Some some sanity. <laughs> yes. This covers um, right before they have to roll for sanity. And I'm sure <laughs> someone is going to miss their, their throw. Yeah, and it, it's just exciting, and it's it's truly mythic, and it's truly um, out of this world. And that's and I'm saying that for Star Wars, which is already literally out of this world, right? It, it's <laughs> a galaxy far, far away, and it seems like something different and uh, fitting for this time period. I'm excited. I'm excited for this, and excited as as the stories start to connect. I really love. We can just talk about this next phase coming up. I I'm really excited to go back 100 150 years or so. Mm-hmm. There's something about that I really love. I think, and I, and I, I don't know if I would have when they launched the era. I would have been like, ah, we're time jumping. Okay, I, I'm excited, and this this even makes me more excited. And that's all the word. I just got the word excitement. I'm, I'm uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> describe this photo. It's it's a great book uh, cover. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't wait to be excited with you when we actually mm-hmm. read it. Um, the other thing that jumped out for me, you already shouted out the title "Quest for Planet X." Uh, I know that title had been released before, but just seeing it again. Um, this would be one of my few critiques of the High Republic. Are, are you ready for mm. that? Uh, that you know, every once in a while, people are like, "We want to hear things you don't like." Here we go. Brace <laughs> yeah. for impact. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it is an artistic choice, if it's a publishing marketing choice. Uh, with some exceptions, I think a lot of the titles of the individual books are a little too generic for my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where sometimes, like, I have a hard time remembering the titles of the books because. They definitely relate to what happened, but they can be a little bit, you know, um, you know, other, they're a little generic. Uh, Quest for Planet X is not generic. I'm never going to forget the title of that. And yes, it is absolutely in the the pulp vein. You know, this could be a Flash Gordon title, and I am a big fan of that. But I also just like that it's a little bit more distinctive, and it's going to be easier to remember. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't help but say this one is Quest for Planet X. Like, you have to read it like that. <laughs> Well, now I look forward to reviewing this one and hearing you say that 72 times. Yeah. What's your media gut reaction when when you hear they're going to Batuu? I was really excited uh, for that because I think that's been the promise of Batuu is that it has been there forever and it it comes and goes in relevance and it, you know, changes. And we've already got a little bit of that of being kind of introduced to it in two different uh, timelines in the uh, Thrawn uh, book that that happens there. Um, it, obviously when you physically go there, it is in the, uh, resistance first, uh, order war era. So I'm really excited to see it in this era. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I haven't reached any cynical level with that yet. I really haven't. Uh, I think before going to galaxy's edge, I was curious, you know, and, and we talked about the Delilah Dawson book, but even in the Thrawn reference and yeah, there's moments where Padme's kind of ordering a drink that you can order. Like I, I'm fine with it. Um, 
And then after going to Galaxy's Edge, like I went on a cold, rainy day, a rare rainy day in spring of 2020, <laughs> a few days before the world changed. I can't wait to get back and just, I want to have time to just soak it in because I feel as though it's it's worked where the design of that land in, for me, Disneyland down the road in Anaheim and the books, it's worked where I buy in completely to the fantasy of it. And to spend more time in a different era and learn more about it, I I... I I just, I asked the question because it's like, I actually smile when I see it's going to bat too. And I know that's not for everybody. And I know not everyone's going to experience it. I know not everyone's been fortunate enough to go to Galaxy's Edge in either location. Totally get that. Um, but I don't know. I just, something that's actually kind of fun and, and, and I like the synergy of it. Yeah. I mean, I think going to there in different eras, seeing how this, you know, the long-term, you know, somewhat timeless culture there has, has changed or evolved, seeing it through other people's eyes, all that stuff is the kind of the opposite of just like, and you can buy this kind of thing there from this vendor and you really can. Uh, To me, all this stuff is the opposite. It's the narrative selling point. It's the, the part that makes Batu an interesting and important part of Star Wars storytelling, even if you can never go. And it's the part that makes it more rich. If you've read some of these books and you're walking the streets where Vimeratti stood up to the First Order and now where these, you know, High Republic Jedi had this life-changing experience on over on this corner, then you get to feel that when you when you go to Disney and the the really pure, like, this is a narrative experiment. That's the part where it sings. And it it's there's always going to be some capitalism. It is capitalism. Yeah. But you want the narrative weight to to give it meaning and power and, and these kind of books do it. Yeah. And like, look, you know, you and I've had uh, wonderful jobs in our life that are completely artistic and creative. Um, Force Center is our own. We get to do kind of what we want. But at the same time, we have to be conscious of the, the different opinions out there. And we try to uh, toe those lines. And then sometimes you get jobs where you're paid to do something like this. Hey, we want you to sell this land. And you have to make that work. And mm-hmm. they've made it work, right? Like I, I started a radio where I had to write commercials for mattress companies. <laughs> had to make it creative. <laughs> um, I recently had a job where I had to do that, where I had to take something pretty heartfelt and political and tie it into a car. Like it, it, I'm fascinated by it. And I just think that this comes down the chain, not necessarily from Kathleen Kennedy or Bob Iger, but just it comes down the road. We've got this land at this theme park and we gonna we need to tie it into stories. And then you as an artist are given the opportunity to do that. And it you're like, you're right. It's synergy, it's corporate synergy, it's capitalism, but it's also you can still make it creative. And I just I don't know. Uh and and Batu rant. I've always liked the way they've handled it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by that. And it's got a great title. And yeah, I, do, I the cataclysm, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Axel Gray like agree with you, a great name. Very intriguing of the 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 combination the intersection of uh politics and the jedi with a uh, uh the uh, chancellor's uh son going around with a lightsaber excited yeah. to see what that's all about and then my reaction to everything else is that's a lot i got a lot of reading to do <laughs> that's a lot i got went to the uh, mailbox center and, and path of deceit uh showed up uh, and, the, and i just kind of went oh this is great Oh man, we got homework. Oh, we got homework. We got homework. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was really excited. The cover looks great. Uh, I was happy to pick it up. And I was like, oh, we, we really need to read Padawan first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I want to give Padawan its due and its respect and, and, and find out for myself what I think about some of the, the things of that book. So we're going to get there. Trust, we appreciate your patience for Center fans. We really do. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Joseph, unless you have any final thoughts there, that is our look at Star Wars book news. No, let's move on. We are about ready to close the show out here. But as we do, 
We're going to uh, take, take a look at uh, some Star Wars history this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. And while we're not quite done with books, on October 12, 1982, Del Rey published one of the most celebrated books in the Star Wars fandom, The Jedi Master's Quiz Book by 11-year-old Rusty Miller. His real name is Matt Miller. The book was one of the earliest pieces of Star Wars-related content celebrating what is now commonplace, loving Star Wars through trivia. Mm -hmm. Here's what Matt said about the book's origins. I actually never really got any feedback regarding those wrong answers. Uh, oh, so I, I got the, this is how, there were some errors in the book. Sorry, I, I okay. put the wrong quote in. Gosh, Ken, quit flying to New York. Uh, he wrote some of the, uh, uh, here's how I, I was a researcher. He, he wrote some of the questions, sent it to Del Rey, his mom or something, sent it to Del Rey, and Del Rey looked at it and went, hey, sounds good. He submitted like 600 plus questions and ended up being a 425 question quiz book. There were some errors. This is the quote I also pulled. He said, I actually never got, really got any feedback regarding those and was told that Luke, uh, Lucasfilm had re researched all the questions and answers for correctness. Uh, then he says, hey, it's a 0.004% error rate. Not bad for an 11-year-old. Yeah, there's some uh, <laughs> there's some wrong answers in there, which are fascinating. Trust me, as someone who submitted a Star Wars book that had a couple weird factual errors that slipped past me and editors, I understand the pain because you're constantly reminded of it. Uh, where you're like, I know that. It slipped through. I typed the wrong thing. Uh, anyways, uh, sorry for the bungling of the quote there, Joseph. <laughs> um, what is our relationship with this book? Uh, let's start there. Uh, it, it's just a, a, a warm, warm memory, this book, in, in every way. So I, I don't know if I had it as a kid. I think I flipped through it. I think I couldn't – I think I had to choose between that and, like, you know, some uh, toy or another book. But I remember uh, seeing it. I remember uh, flipping through it and um, wanting, you know, to know all the answers and being really gratified when I did and, mm -hmm. and then excited to learn things that I maybe didn't know. And I think you, you and I have talked about a lot. It, it, they that the you know every original Star Wars book uh, back then, mm -hmm. you know, said from the uh, from the adventures of of Luke Skywalker, and it was just a time in an era where you felt like there are all these Star Wars books. <laughs> yeah, if I could just find them at the used bookstore, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the that feeling, the feeling that just Star Wars storytelling creates with the tip of the iceberg mood, where you always want to know more. There's this kind of feeling that there's always more to know. And I think that's the way I responded to the existence of this book and flipping through it of like, I had no idea. I didn't process at all that a kid wrote this, you know, yeah. it was just like, the, these are facts from the mystical universe of Star Wars and I could know more things. And I, I yeah. believe there's a question about Yoda's uh, cane. And I had just read the Empire Strikes Back novelization and mm -hmm. I was thrilled that I knew it was a gimmer stick. <laughs> right, right. You know, and I, I, I remember that pride even though i had no one to tell or who would care uh, and i might in fact suffer consequences for going around mm -hmm. telling people that yoda's cane is a gimmer stick i remember being just thrilled that i knew that uh, it's funny i'm staring at my uh, gimmer stick that i got from galaxy's edge right here next to my studio i love that there might have been consequences for knowing that which is very <laughs> real very real yeah so that that was kind of my relationship as a as a kid yeah. Uh, and then I have a real happy memory of, uh, the this bookstore that I love in, uh, Minneapolis, Uncle Hugo's, Uncle Edgar's, um, that one of the last times I visited, um, I took, uh, my wife and, uh, my in-laws, her, her mom and dad, and we had just a, a great 
several hours in Uncle Hugo's and uh, I bought a copy of the quiz book for myself and for you uh, at Uncle Hugo's. And that's just like a, a, such a happy memory. It's, uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, Yes. Tracy, my um, relationship with this book, I I had it. And I think, I, I really do think this is where I picked up the idea of to know Star Wars is to know trivia, which, Mm. you know, is, is, um, you can look at that different ways. And because, you know, later on in our lives, you and I competing for titles and schmodowns and, you know, people can go to Dragon Con and win things. It should always be done with the spirit of fun. And that should have never, I really believe trivia should not be taken as understanding Star Wars, but that sounds really adult and a little bit cynical for me. Right. Uh, You know, I I don't want to sound too negative, but the fun of it started with this book. Mm-hmm. And the fun of what you're talking about, I know what this is, uh, came from this book. And I'll also say this, uh, my relationship to, relationship to this book has always been warm and fun. And I, what I mean by that is, I, you know, I don't know, I'm a comic and comics sometimes, you, you know, Joseph, you've been around it. We, we, we can just sometimes be inherently jealous and not even aware of it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, the story of meeting you at LA comic-con was like, I went to see a panel with Matt key and uh, the late great granny Mahara and you're on there. I'm like, who's this funny guy? Oh, this guy's really funny. Oh, he's too funny for me to hate. Like it just, <laughs> it's how it works. And, and I, but I never felt that flipping on the back and looking at a 11 year old kid who at the time was older than me by a few years by the time this book comes out. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like, why does he get to do this? I was like, oh, I kind of want to do this. And oh, that's great. I, I cherish that for this book too, where little Kenny wasn't as jealous and cynical yet. That came later on, <laughs> but that, the book is warm. <laughs> yeah. And just like this strange that it's strange that it exists, that he just, I love Star Wars this much. And then I got this book published as a kid. It's just, it's so pure. And then I think there was a search for him, the search to find Rusty Miller, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've, I'd used it in comedy shows like uh, do, doing uh, live episodes of my my podcast Obsessed and like kind of setting it up and seeing, you know, who remembered and explaining like uh, some people in the audience remembered it and other people are like, what are you talking about? Like, it was a, it's a trivia book from, you know, the 80s written by an 11 year old. How hard could it be? Right. And you just mm-hmm. you set people up for like these are some devastating questions from young Rusty Miller. Totally is. Totally is. And yeah, one uh, of um so here's the story. Currently, I have three of these books in my collection. Here's how this <laughs> happened. I had the original for a long time. And at some point, maybe, I don't know what happened to it. And then you come back with a gift, uh, a, just a sparkling uh, a version of it. Just great, pristine uh, condition you, you gave me. It. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm reunited with this book. And at some point, a Force Center listener, I think, said, oh, I uh, I hear Ken doesn't have this anymore. And they gifted me with one. So that one arrived <laughs> later. And then in moving storage boxes from one spot to another, I found the original. So I have all three of them here in my house right now. <laughs> you have a trilogy, the entire trilogy. I have a, a trilogy. And I think the one that you got me is out in my living room. But I am currently staring across to a bookshelf with my original one, which is a little beat up, but it's there. So uh, I love that there. Yeah, that's great. Love it. This was very a fun. And I'm sure, you know, we talk about generations of uh, Star Wars fans. There's there's some folks who might be hearing about this for the first time and others of you who are reaching to pull it off your own shelf. And that is uh, part of the fun. Part of the fun. Yeah, absolutely. It is a great read if you're a Star Wars fan of, of any age. It is indeed. We are almost out of here. That is a look at Star Wars history. I want to thank you all for uh, bearing with us for our travel schedules, our uh, bungling through preparing news while traveling. 
Uh, and uh, just uh, we appreciate your overall support. We are Force Center, and you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. We will have an October live Q&A soon, so subscribe over there so you don't miss that broadcast. We are on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. Our podcast is available at Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And I will be honest, if you want something, I'd swing over there now to check on if there's any shirt designs you want to get because a lot more are being pulled down if they're tied to Star Wars at all. I'm not throwing any slings and arrows at anyone over there in the big companies, but just kind of the way of it. So some uh, some of the designs, including recently our Force Center logo one, were pulled down. We'll find ways to get them out there. But I would suggest if you want a Force Center shirt, swing over there and check it out at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow me at CadNapsock. Go to my website, CadNapsock.com for information on upcoming, uh, upcoming comedy shows in La Jolla, California, uh, this coming weekend, and Seattle at the end of the month. Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Especially now that you got short films and all these wonderful things going on. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me as always on all, all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, but in particular, if you'd like to check out my uh, YouTube channel, uh, you can just go to YouTube and search Joseph Scrimshaw. I've got some new stuff uh, that's up there now and I got some uh, more stuff coming. Uh, I put out a comedy video for Halloween called Flakes of Death. Uh, I'm obsessed uh, with this one particular uh, box of Frosted Flakes Halloween cereal. So it's a little comedy piece on that. And I'm also posting older episodes of my podcast obsessed this morning i just published uh an interview i did with jennifer i don't even remember what year about her obsession with a, a diy project so that is up there and uh some more fun films with some people that you recognize mm. will be coming soon i'm also going to be reworking my uh patreon so if you want to check out that as well you can go to patreon.com slash joseph scrimshaw uh so that is it for me ken that's wonderful. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support. Start reading them books. We'll see you next time here on Four Center. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.